1: Copyrighted program created by Rio Grande. Phoenix Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 182, regarding the burglary of a first cigar store, 213 North Temple Avenue. The burglary occurred this date. the effect may be on. That's all. Rolls and clicks. Brandy's success as the fastest growing oil company in the West has been largely due to one minute of time each week. This minute, spent with you through calling all cars. We thank you for the privilege of being an invited guest in your home, and we return this hospitality by inviting you to call at any one of the thousands of independent Rio Grande stations. Our invitation to you is sincere, logical, and true. First, Cracked gasoline is the most modern scientific method of refining gasoline. Remember that. For on this fact, oil men universally agree. Rio Grande Cracked is the only gasoline in the West that can be refined by the internationally famous Sinclair refining process, the model process of the oil industry. Second, as proof that Rio Grande Cracked gasoline is a definitely superior patented product, we point to the testimony and endorsement of the drivers and buyers of gasoline for police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment. For them, the finest gasoline is an absolute necessity. They drove over 55 million miles last year on Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline. Remember this. More police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment are powered by Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. And third, we call this police car performance, for that's exactly what it is, and that's exactly what you'll get if you will accept our invitation to try Rio Grande Crack gasoline tomorrow at your independent Rio Grande dealer.
0: <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we have the following message from Sheriff Roy Merrill of Maricopa County, Arizona. In my years as a peace officer, I have come into contact with many youthful criminals. Always the impulse of the average citizen towards this type of criminal is to give him another chance. It is just this other chance that has sent so many men farther along the path of crime. In the case you are to hear tonight, every person connected with the crime has served one or more terms in prison, or had been at one time or another an inmate of a state institution for the collection of criminal tendencies. Of the men convicted and sentenced for the crime... Not one of them thought for a minute of the possibility that his particular crime might not pay. This case is attributed to the extended spirit of cooperation that exists between the law enforcing agencies of the various states and communities. I wish to express my thanks to the police departments of San Francisco and Los Angeles, and especially to Deputies J.J. Croxton and Ray Bogie, lieutenants Chilton and Barber of Los Angeles, whose untiring work made the rapid solution of this case possible. On a wet, dreary day in February of this year, in a cheap looming house in the center of Los Angeles wholesale district, four men huddled around a small gas heater discussing their plan, which they hope will gain for them the large bankroll that every crook troubles. Oh, Rain, Rain, don't it ever do nothing in this truck like but Rain? Ah, oh, shut up. Don't you ever get tired of driving about the weather? Listen, Mug, don't get smart with me, I'll bring to you loose back, too. stuff, guy, huh? Yes. You'll we'll be tough if you string along with us, wise guy. Well, listen, Mug, I got a record that'll make you look like a Sunday school teacher. Just a hard criminal, ain't you? Huh? Yeah. Quiet down. It would still sound like a couple of kids in a sandlot baseball game. Lay off is arguing. Let's get this Phoenix job set. Where's that? Went out to get a bottle of wine. Nah, you don't need it. That guy ain't got nerve enough. Yeah, shut up. Now, look, Gary, you took your forge on Adams's Figaro and turned it in on that link and they got you on there. What's wrong with taking the forge, Well, How many times have I got to tell you? Sheriff Merrill's got a list of every crime shown by a guy with a record. Yeah, of course, if you don't take it, your are cut out of Okay, now listen, Louis. You go down on Main Street and get that torch, huh? and drive over to East station and pick up the dead. What's the matter with getting them at the same place? Well, the less you buy it in one place, the less chance you run of getting identified. You better let me get that torch. I know what kind I want. Well, all right. Maybe that's best. Hey, there's Arthur in the crib now. Hey, who's that muck with it? him? Uh, that's Shorty Dolan. Some of my mark's been running around with. Well, pull over. Hey, Arthur, come on, let's go. Ah, wait a minute.
2: Okay, let's hit it. Hey, who's that bird you was talking to when we drove up? A friend of mine. Oh, would he? Hey, who are you getting hard with, anyway? I said
1: he's a friend of mine. You want to make something out of it? Maybe I you. I told you he's a bird we met in a beer joint down at Pico. Just a mug was out of work, down on his luck. He's all right. Yeah, I'm telling you, someday you're going to pick up a dick that way, and we'll all be in skirt. Nah, don't worry about it. Later that night, in a cafe on the principal street of Phoenix, Henry Becker, Harry and Art and Louis Babadion contacted a finger man in Phoenix, 1-K.O. Kelly, a man whose long prison record equaled if it did not exceed that of the Toad brothers. Evening, George. What can I do for you? I uh, would like to of these things at this table, and then we can talk. I think Kelly will have anything lined up? yeah, sure. We've got to leave in a couple of places. okay,
0: fellas.
1: What's new? yeah no, that's what we want to know. What have you got lined up? Now, listen. Every weekend, the Boston store up the street here takes in about 20 grand, see? I stake the place, and I know how the watchman works, see? Oh, this place is a pipe. What's the lake? Oh, you go straight back to the back end, see? The safe is in the cashier's key. Mm-hmm. A stage, I tell you. How much did you say was in there? Between 15 and 20 grand. Is it a torch job? Oh, now nah, you can knock it over with a can opener. Yeah, you better look it over, Harry. I'll go by there tomorrow morning. We better let you and I can handle this. I'll stay out and keep an eye on the topic. Say, you. Hey, uh... Hey, uh, when's the best time they take it, Kelly? Oh, about 9 o'clock Sunday morning. And hey, wait a minute. What are we going to do in the meantime? Well, i got a tip on another job that you might not go for tonight. Uh, well, why don't you take over four? Come on, let's go. Where's the job? Right up Central Street here. Two-one-three is the number. They do a lot of business, and usually have a grand or so laying around in the safe. What kind of a safe? Fourth job? Yeah, you'll have to boring it, all right. When's the best time? Oh, about three o'clock. I happen to know the cop on that beat and he's way up in the other block about that time. Okay, three o'clock makes it. Returning to the tourist camp where they had registered Becker, Tobe, and Barbagian prepared to open the first cigar store safe at 3 o'clock the next morning. In the quiet of the early hours broken only for the passing of an occasional automobile Hard Tobe, his brother Harry, Becker, and Louis Barbagian drive to the address Kelly had given Here's the three. All right, you wait. Keep the engine hot and be ready to scram. Okay, then get going. Go on, Louis. In that other tank. Well, once enough. A... Hey, let's go. You got that football? Yeah. Okay, Louis, do this stuff. Ah, this is a pipe. Just little bad luck. a little padlock. A little heel like this. Is off. Walk in, my friend. Hey, where's your foot? Over there in that corner. Yeah, nice view for it from the street, too, huh? Yeah, and brought a blanket out of the car. Where'd that come from? From the cabin. And he's got This is construction, something painted on it. Hey, Harry, you can see the wood for them. Nah, Jim Blake did. He used to live in that tourist camp. Maybe you left it there. Yeah, I think he'd show a better one. Come on, let's go to work. Hey, Louis, hold that blanket up so the torch flare won't be seen out front. Okay, give me a hand to this other hand, will you? Yeah. Come on, scratch it out there. All right, that's it. Yeah. hey. This thing melts like cheese. How much you got left? Oh, listen, it's a quarter of an inch. Shake it up, will you? Oh, come on. Are you losing weight? No, I just don't want to spend a night nice in this joint. Come on, come on, you guys. Quick that arc. Oh, wait, 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 wait. there you I made Yes, my friend. Both doors open, hmm? Help yourself, little children. Oh, boy. Look at them pill of dollars, will you? <laughs> That's just like a mint. Put out that torch, you dope. Yeah. Come on, get that stuff together and let's get out of here. Louis. Here take the silver. okay? I'll bring the I can take the rest of the stuff. Look at the truth. Sarah's dollars, Sheriff, Sheriff Merl speaking. Wait a minute. How much? One thousand silver dollars, that's mint nineteen thirty-five. Uh-huh. Yeah. How many fingerprints? What is that, huh? Good work. Looks like the Toe Brothers to me. What do you think? Yeah, I had a tip. They were headed this way. Got it too late, though. Sheriff Merrill and his deputies gathered all information possible at the scene of the crime, interview other possible suspects, talked to the manager of the auto court where the Toe Boys, better than Barbadian, had stopped, and broadcast this information to officers in Los Angeles and San Francisco, known hangouts of the gang. Soon, information from the Department of Justice, Washington, was being received in Phoenix. Referring fingerprint information, your prints mentioned show subjects as Louis Barbagian, Henry Becker, Arthur Tope, and Harry Toles. Nice bunch of boys. However, oh, why information to San Francisco and Los Angeles? What do you want to do? You run 'em them up there, or bring them all back here? Let's we'll round them up and lower them,
0: Okay.
2: Where you been, Art? Ain't seen you for several days. Ah, uh, me and the boys have been on a little trip. Well, what happened to the Lincoln you was in last week? They see, you driving the old Ford. Oh, that. <laughs> well, now, that was part of the act. You see, we traded the Ford in on the Lincoln for the trip. Then we brought it back. <laughs> they said we didn't like it. We got the other car back. Nice. Good. Yeah. What are you going to do now? Oh, I don't know. Rest up a few days. Then go back and knock over another job. What do you mean? Go back? Nah, we don't pull any jobs in Los Angeles. We do them in Arizona. And then come back here and blow the dough. Is this for a job? Sure, throw it down and see it. You guys must be smart to pull all them jobs and beat your vest. Ah, well, just don't slip up, that all. It don't take no brains to pull cops. Johnny? Yeah. I never had no trouble beating cops in the sink in the racket. Say, look, I know right now that the LA cops are after me hot and heavy, see? Am I hiding? Nah. I've even got a guy tailing me all the time, see? Do I care? <laughs> nah. I'll give him the slip any time I get ready to blow. You mean it, Art? Your yeah, cops are dumb. They can fool them every time. Oh uh, hey, Al. Give us another button, will you? All right. Hey, Al. Hey. That's a nice new tiny dollar, ain't it? Yeah. Hey, let me see
1: this. Huh. United States of America, 1935.
2: Cheese dollar. Huh. I wonder what they made this one. Hey. What's that for, Art? Hmm? Well, Oh, that's a mint mark one was made in San Francisco. That's what he asked for. Oh, something? <laughs> Boy, you're the dumbest guy I ever saw. Well, you're almost dumb enough to be a cop. Yes, yes, get to him at that, all right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Burglary details. Gilson speaking. Hmm. Sure, we're ready. Send him in. Well, they're bringing in our young hoodlum, Edward. We better get over there on the right. Okay. Roach, you can sit there by Barber. I'll sit here and ask these monkeys a few questions. Come in. Come on in, boys. I believe you know these officers. This is Deputy Sheriff Roach and Detective Edwards of Phoenix. You ever been there? Oh, I believe you know Lieutenant Barber. At least you do, I. This is I Told and Henry Becker. That's what he was calling himself the last time I picked him up. How about it, Henry? Yeah, and next to for you, copper. Nice boys, both of them. When you get to know them like we do... Now, boys, sit down and take it easy. We want to ask you a few questions. A bit personal, perhaps, but then you know how these things are. You like the talk, do copper? Well, listening's more in my line, better. Well, let's get on to business. Henry, I want to ask you some questions regarding the burglary that was committed in Phoenix, Arizona on February seventh, 1937. Get going. You purchased a Lincoln Zephyr from an automobile dealer at Items and Figaro. Is that true?
0: Yes.
1: And in company with Art Cove, you drove that car to Phoenix, Arizona. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. And in that car, you had a cutting torch and two presto tanks, did you not? Yes. Yeah. Which were being taken to Phoenix for the purpose of opening a safe there. That's true? So what? Do you know that opening a safe by the use of torches is considered an explosive case? Huh? I said that using a torch on a safe constitutes a no, Or explosive to use. No, you can't pull that one on me. I didn't use no explosives. Did you know that the license number of your car was taken by the tourist camp manager in Phoenix? No, I, well, I didn't know that. Did you remove a blanket from the outer court where you and I were staying? Yeah. Where's the blanket now? I don't know. Hey, hey listen, Chilton. I don't know what you're asking me all these questions for. Oh uh, well, I admit I went to Phoenix in the luncheon, and I I admit I took a cutting course, but I'm a welder by Tracy, see? And I, well, I used that in a repair yacht down here. Hey, you can't turn that trace job on Newt. Did I say anything about a turf job? Well, no, but you no. Know, what's the idea, Becker? Hiding something? I need to You ever see that dollar before, Becker? No. You ever see it, Art? No.
2: That's funny. Got your fingerprints all over it. Now, listen, you ain't got nothing on me. Art? Didn't you tell me you pulled a job in Phoenix? I never saw you before in my life. Take a good look, Art. Don't you remember, your stumble-bump friend shawty? Why, you uh, double-talking rat! I told you that guy wasn't on the level, but you
1: were too smart to listen to anybody else, you screwball. Yeah, you're the pill your uh, Go ahead, Becker. Don't mind that. I'm not you, copper. Fine, Becker. Now tell me, what did you boys do with the money? What? Wouldn't you like to know, huh? We do know. We just want to get your version of it. you want to tell us now, or shall we wait till you get the finish? Yeah, well, what's What what's the reason you am make you yeah, we knocked over that torch joint. We we got about 1,500 bucks. See? Some of it was in silver and some of it in paper. The planter was left in his store. He had that 60 construction company painted on it. I, uh, I don't know where it came from, but... Who else was in on this job, Becker? What do you like to know, huh? Well, we'll consider your suggestion, Henry, and find out. Okay, Bill, lock him up. Okay, Listen, children... Let's get Ray, Bogey, and Claxton and stake out that joint where they lived before. Bobagin's going to turn up there sooner or later. Sounds like a good idea. Four days, Officer Claxton and Bogey, deputies in the sheriff's office, working with Chilton and Barber, faced the house where the Tobe brothers, Becker and Bobagin, had been known to hang out. Then. One rainy really night nice, near the middle of February, a car drove up and stopped at the curb in front of the rooming house. Across the street, ready for instant action, sat Chilton and Barber in their car. Inside the house, Flaxton and Bogey waited. After a pace in which the bandits fell lost, Hilton and Barber go back to the house to confer with Flaxton and Bogey. What happened after we left, Bogey? I came back twice. Oh, we got tied up in a traffic jam on third and couldn't get out. Oh, uh-huh. How come your birds couldn't catch them? Hey, do you ever try to catch Barney Oldfield? Ah, you guys are afraid to drive that car. Let me get a chance of those monkeys. I'll knock them over. <laughs> That's your story. Look, look, Gilson, you stay here with Claxton, and Ray and I'll take the car and see what our race driver here can do with the bacon in his mouth. All right, wise guy. You're going to see some driving. Oh. Here they are again. Let's go. Anywhere. Yeah, he lost our oh, street.
0: Oh,
1: come on, you better step
2: on oh, Just hold on, Tower. Where's are going after those babies? Are you telling
1: Detective? See your hoods anywhere? Two blocks straight ahead. Look out for that corner left. He's Oh, what's the matter with that bird blind? Yeah. Lost your criminals, Mr. Baldy? Huh? Well, where?
2: Yeah, you tell me. Well, I'll be. Well, can you beat
1: that? I never thought two birds got away as easy as that driving a
2: car. Hey, there they go
1: on that side speed Hold on, Barber. He's in Ray. I'm going to take a shot at that beat. <laughs> got the gas tank. Hold on. Let him have it again. Try and higher. there. I thought you could drive this car. Well, right, I got it down to the floorboard now. What do you think is this is, a Duesenberg? Hold it. I'm going to let him have it again. You hold. <laughs> nice going, my man. You got it. Now ah, watch that monkey slide. Nothing like a good flat tire on a wet street to make our car slide. Well, you better get that door open and be ready to slide the cuffs on said monkey when he got that car done. Yeah, don't worry about me. I'll take care of the driver and you get the other one. Okay, monkey. Up with him. Hey, what's the idea? We ain't done nothing. I'm sure you haven't. We just wanted to talk to you a little. Oh, here's your other friend. What are you gonna do with him? Drop him in the back seat there and let him see how he likes to ride in a police car. Police car? Say, hey, listen, we didn't know you was coppers. We would have stopped. Honest, we would. We thought you was bandits or something. We thought maybe... Yeah, maybe we just wanted to give you a ticket for speed. Yeah. How did you know? Button it up. Bring the guy on, Bob, and let's go. All right, fella. Find him. Say, hey, listen, you can't do this thing to me. Oh, that's all. Get in here.
0: Uh, yes, sir.
1: Next morning, Barbasian is brought into room 45 in the city hall for questioning in connection with the Phoenix burglary. Within is Harry Tobe, brought from San Francisco. The boys tell me you were in a hurry last night, Louie. Yeah. I was going to the bank for my old man. I'll bet you were at that. What bank?
0: Oh,
1: any bank. Any bank robberies last night, Barber? Not Barbara Now, Louis, I want to ask you a few questions about that Phoenix job. Phoenix job? Of course you wouldn't know about that, now would you? (laughs) I wouldn't know about anything you talk about. You weren't in Phoenix on the night of February 7th? February 7th? Let me see. Oh, no, no. February 7th, I was in Long Beach. Well, just so we won't waste your time, Louis, I think we ought to tell you that your friend Art Toby... Says that you were in Phoenix on the night of February seventh, and that you and Harry here and Henry Becker broke into the first cigar store and stole fifteen hundred dollars. That's a lie. You asked Harry where we were that night.
0: Well, how about
1: it, Harry? In Long Beach. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. Only I couldn't figure how you got that 50 construction company blanket you left in your room. I couldn't figure how you got that in Long Beach. Oh, no, you don't. I left that blanket in the store. Huh? Huh? What? Yeah. We left it in the store in Long Beach.
0: Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: in Long Beach. That's what I thought, too. Except I couldn't figure how those silver dollars got into your pocket, Louis. Why, uh, but, uh, but Harry gave me them silver dollars. Yeah, he got them in Frisco. Maybe he did, Louis, but he didn't give them to you because he was in jail in Frisco, Huh? Yeah, you know, jail. Where you going to be for so long. Yeah. Listen, rat, stop trying to pin this on me. I'll give you lead poisoning. No, you won't, Harry. Not for a long time, you won't. Now, let's stop beating around the bush. I want some facts. You, Larry. We understand you were going to knock over the Boston store in Phoenix. Where did you get your information on that place? I got it from K.O. Kelly. What did Kelly tell you? Well, he told me when the watchman wouldn't be there and how much we'd get. How much was that? Fifteen or twenty grand. How are you going to get into the place? <laughs> Easy. Bust is open. And who is to be in on the job? Harry, Tob, Hart, myself. Watch yourself, Louis. Button it i You what? Oh, save it, boy. Save it. Now, Louis, uh, who was present when you got this information from Kelly? Hart and Harry, Tob, and myself. Harry, do you remember this conversation? I wasn't there. It was told to me afterwards by Louis and my brother. Hey, maybe we ought to leave you boys alone for a while so you could get together on your story. That's my story. And you're stuck with it. Harry, uh, how was this safe going to be opened? With a hammer and punches. It was a safe that could be opened by the punch message? You said opened it with a can opener. So you were there. I was in Long Beach. Yeah, that's what I thought you said. Well, how does it happen that you boys packed up this twenty grand in the Boston store? Well, Harry looked it over and found out the watchman stayed in the store all the time. I thought you said Kelly told you the watchman wouldn't be there. Yeah, but he lied to us. Huh? Well, it's uh, Art and Louis. Oh, of course. You were in Longfield. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, look, boys, maybe we can get along better if I tell you some of the things we know about you. Now, uh, we know that you all live together in the apartment on San Francisco. You owned a Ford sedan. You traded it in for a Lincoln Zephyr, which you drove to Phoenix, Arizona. Right? So what? So you broke into the Turkish art store and got about $1,500 if you came back here to spend. How much of that did you get, Harry? About $165. Still in Long Beach? Not by you, copper! You know, Harry, I don't believe that Long Beach story. How about you, Roach? Well, no, I don't believe I do. Now, how about you, Edward? Well, I can't say that I do. <laughs> well, Harry, it looks like you're going to have to go back to food. We're going to miss you, boys. I hope. Toad Brothers, Henry Kukiyoski, Elias Becker, and Louis Barbasian were prepared for transfer to Venus. Arrangements were made for them to see a few of their friends before leaving, and they were told they were to be transported by the mobile. A plan was formulated for their escape. Well, boys, we're about ready to go. Oh, Barbara, you got those leg irons? Yep, here they are. Hey, what's the idea of the Oregon boot? Yeah, what do you think we are, crooks? You can't do this thing to us. That's just what I thought. But you see, here's a pair for you, Louie, and a pair for you, Harry. I think you'll get used to them by the time you get to Phoenix. Well, so long, boys. And oh, yes, those tweezers your friend smuggled in uh, might work on handcuffs, but uh, not on those leg irons, so you can use them to pull your eyebrows. Goodbye, boy, look. I still say you can't do this thing to us. Harry Tobe, Arthur Tobe, Henry Tookie Erskine, and Louis Barbasian, criminals with long prison records, again stood before a judge to receive sentence. On March 15, 1937, less than two months after their crime,
2: these men
1: were sentenced to serve from four to ten years in the Arizona State Penitentiary. I'd like to warn you about this summer's driving in your oil. You know as well as I do that moving parts must be protected. And yet many oils you buy have not been de-waxed and de-jellied and will not stand the intensity...